Also running the NASCAR last place car site. We'll tell you more about that and some history between this show and Brock later on. More to come on that in just a bit. Later on, we'll have our news and notes segments and we'll have our As David segment at the end of the show. As always, we are presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang. And we want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit TicketSmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's TicketSmarter.com. David Starr joins us right now. David, a very competitive race for you on Friday night at Daytona. You were running up front. A little bit of bad luck towards the end, but certainly didn't take away from what was a uh, exciting night to be uh, running up there uh, at Daytona with a chance to win. Man, it was a it was a great night. Anytime you get an opportunity to go to Daytona and race, it's always a uh, you know it's just hey man, it's whether you win, lose, wreck, it's it's just a it's cool to be there racing. And uh, our qualifying got rained out. There was no practice. And Jason Miller and everybody on my SS Greenlight Racing team did a heck of a job. We had a fast forward Mustang from the start. Uh, you know, had Brett Bear on uh, Brett Bear uh, Brett Bear Everfi uh, on the car, which was just truly a an honor. And uh, man, but what a great race it was! We had a great race, and and uh, kind of uh, you know when the race started, we started twenty seventh and got up in the lead pack a little bit. Man, they were beating and banging, and cutting each other off, and I'm like, man, we're gonna wreck on lap fifteen. So I decided to kind of just kind of uh, roll, uh, kind of ease my way back to the back and just run in the back. And with about 20, 18, 17 laps to go, we kind of made our way up to the front, got up to about fourth or fifth, had a caution, and then man, after that, it was just. Uh, you know, you put yourself and you give your racing team, your sponsors and yourself an opportunity to to have a great run, maybe a win. And, uh, you know, I, I just tightened up those belts a little bit tighter and uh, said, man, I was going for it. Whatever will happen. And, uh, man, it just uh, I don't know who got into the wall, but somebody they clipped me on the on the right rear, barely clipped Brandon me. Jones. Brandon Jones clipped me. And <laughs> you know, it was just Talladega Daytona, you know. So a lot of times you got, you know, you're on the good side of it and sometimes you're on the bad side of it. But hey, it was an awesome race. Our uh, you know, Brett Bear ever uh ever five four Mustang again was fast and uh and man it's it's nice when you have a good strong car. Uh, you know, I dropped back some and I could catch the lead pack and I just, just decided to ride in the back and to be there at the end and it all worked out and, uh, we gave ourselves an opportunity and, you know, and sometimes, I mean, you know, Daytona, Talladega, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, but at least we gave ourselves an opportunity. It was a lot of fun and I loved every minute of it. Well, I feel like Brandon Jones owes you one because <laughs> you had a chance to compete up there. You were just as good as Jeremy Clements who ended up winning the race and, when a guy like Jeremy wins, that's his second career win. You know, he's a on a team that's you know, lesser funded and everything uh, under the radar. Does that feel like is that a, does that feel like a win for the little guy? You know, for those smaller teams, when a guy like Jeremy wins, is 
does everybody get excited about that? I, I know he, he ended up getting the penalty and everything, lost some points, but uh, I mean, is that a win that everybody loves around the garage and something like that happens? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, it's it's a feel good story. You know, you got a family. Jeremy is a great kid, great race car driver, and man, the, the family owned. The dad builds the motors. They're the at their engine, their their engine, you know, their engine shop. They got a race shop there, and it's just a great feel good story. You know, Jeremy's a great competitor, and uh, man, I I loved it. I just think it's great, and. and you know, if you're not a powerhouse team, if you don't have millions and millions, you know, these big powerhouse teams have a lot of funding behind them. And, uh, you know, you're used to seeing the same cars team up near the top 10 week in and week out. But a lot of times when you go to Daytona and Talladega and some other short tracks, uh, maybe Atlanta, uh, you know, it's a great equalizer. It gives, it gives the team that don't have those, you know, five, six, seven, eight, $10 million budgets an opportunity to win and uh you know and anytime you can see timmy hill with carl long motorsports or uh, carl long with top, man, two top tens absolutely or uh, jeremy may you know uh, jeremy uh clemens uh you know it's just it's wonderful i love it i was cheering for him unfortunately you know i i was on the sideline back time i got out of the infield care center and back to the garage the race still wasn't over with yet and i think i crashed with four laps to go you know but uh no, it was just awesome. It's it's great that there's races in, in our season that that almost makes everybody equal. You know right. what I mean? And uh, and I love that. And it was cool to see uh, Jeremy Clemens win a race. It was uh, unbelievable. Yeah, the cup race, you had some Xfinity guys finish up front. Rick Ware cars in the top ten, which we never see before. It was certainly an exciting weekend. As Dominic Aragon from RacingExperts.com joins us right now as well. Dom, uh, the 24 hours of Daytona. Uh, <laughs> It seemed not quite 22 to be exact, uh, with uh, things wrapping up with Austin Dillon getting it done. And initially, when the rain delay happened, if they would have called the race then, Austin Dillon would have won. But then they go back and they finish the final 20 laps. He passes Austin Centric to win it outright and secure a playoff spot. Um, I mean, I'm happy for Austin Dillon. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're racing at Daytona as this final race before the postseason is for these exciting equalizer, as David said, and a guy like Austin Dillon getting to earn it. I'm so glad that NASCAR finished that race and let Austin Dillon go for it. And uh, as far as Truex goes, they're missing the playoff. No one to blame but himself. Three spots short. It wasn't just three spots at Daytona there he missed on. That was three points he could have collected in 26 different races that no one to blame but themselves. 100% agree with that. And, and to, to go back to that first point about the 22 hours of Daytona, our guest who we're going to be bringing on here in a minute, I think he said it best in his post-race recap from Daytona. It wasn't Daytona. It was Raintona. That was the theme for the entire race weekend. And seeing Austin Dillon win that race, let's be honest, I, I can't speak for, for others, but Jonathan Field and I are our team that we're covering the racing experts this weekend. We're, we're, we're covering the race together and we're chatting about it. And I was telling him, John, I don't think NASCAR wants to end the race like this. Grand NASCAR wants to be able to run the full distance, but especially more motivation with how that last caution had come out with 20 laps to go and or 22 laps, whatever it had been. And all the cars junked it going off into turn one. Kind of reminded me of the 2001 NASCAR all-star race. They wanted to make sure they were going to get the race in. And in that point on Martin Truex Jr., Three points. I mean, he said it. It sucks. It flat out sucks. But those three points could have picked up, could have been picked up in a Daytona qualifying race or more stage points or whatever the case may be. 
But for the first time since 2014, we're not going to see Martin Truex Jr. compete for a title, which is fascinating because he scored the fifth most points of any driver this year, had the most stage wins at seven, but didn't get it done on any of the last laps in any of those 26 events. Yeah, just bizarre. And so with that, that sets up the 16-team field with 15 different winners. Would have been 16 had uh, Kurt Busch not had the uh, the, the medical uh, waiver, you know, and, and uh, you know giving up his playoff spot that he earned. But nonetheless, David Chase Elliott, the regular season champ, have to think of him as the favorite, but there's not much of a gap. There's This is a crowded field, a lot of guys that can walk away with this title. Man, it's just, uh, you know, those first 26 races kept us on the edge of our seats. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just so much entertainment, great racing, a uh, lot of drama. Uh, it was just, man, the, the, the NASCAR is alive and well in 2022. And, uh, man, these playoffs are going to be over the top. When you got, you know, 16 different winners, you know, if you include Kurt Busch, and it's just going to be exciting playoff times. You know, so the, the pressure's on. I mean, we've been talking about it the last, you know, month, the last four or five races, the pressure of making the chase. And now, I mean, the pressure with those 16 drivers is to continue to the next level and to the next level. So it's just going to get even more exciting. And, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot more drama. Uh, it's, just, it's just, man, it's, it's going to be great. It's, it's awesome. Later on in our news and notes segment, we will give out our championship picks. But uh, before we get to all of that, Dominic, uh, go ahead and introduce our next guest. Our next guest for episode 80. Well, he's somebody I've known about a good 13, 14 years. He goes back a long time in this sport. He's been covering the sport a long time. He definitely cut his teeth with a lot of NASCAR and YouTube videos and his Brock Starting Grid Network. Brock Beard is our guest this week. He runs the last car info website dedicated to the last place finishers in the nascar cup series xfinity truck series a great website that covers the sport and hey you know i have a little bias i really like their outlet because his outlet's a, a news partner of ours at the racingexperts.com and and we were talking about bringing on a journalist and i thought let's bring on brock let's bring on brock to let's break down the playoffs the start of it this weekend and somebody who's got this vast knowledge of the sport brock thank you so much for joining us this week here on let's go racing oh thank you for having me yeah, Brock. We, well, like I said, we couldn't think of anybody better and somebody that's just got that depth of knowledge in the sport. And before we were coming on air tonight, you were telling us that you've been following the sport for quite a bit of time. Uh, absolutely. Yes. As I was just uh, talking with you guys about uh, 1991 was when I got into the sport. Uh, first memory was Rick Mass flipping upside down to Talladega. I saw Days of Thunder around the same time. And it was about like a year after the movie came out. And um, you know, really got into it. First diecast, actually, I think I collected was a, a Rick, uh, Rick Mass diecast. And it's still like the most beat up car in my collection because I just probably was reenacting that wreck uh, from a lot there. But um, went to Sears Point for the first time in 1992, saw Ernie Irvin come from the back to the front um, and just, you know, absolutely fell in love with the sight, the sound. I mean, anybody that hasn't been to a race, you just see it on TV. It's so much more in person than it was then. And it certainly is now. Oh, Brock, I don't want to call you old by any stretch of imagination, but Tyler, and I oh, yeah. you and I weren't even alive at that point yet. Oh, uh, yeah. No, no, 91. <laughs> I, was, I was eight years old. That was uh, that was me back then. So I that was born 96. Uh, so. no, I'm born 94. So, yeah. Well, y'all messed a lot of good stuff, man. I'm just <laughs> saying I wasn't born yet because, man, y'all asked a lot of cool stuff 
in our sport. <laughs> well, David, you saw you saw a lot more cool stuff than I did too. I mean, my goodness. And it's 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 amazing, man. Some great years and I would have loved to have been around with no smartphones and all that when you guys could have probably a little more fun than we can talk about. Speaking of, you know, yeah, absolutely, you know. <laughs> Speaking of Ernie Irvin and you know, and uh Rick Mass, man, these guys, those guys were awesome race car drivers, man. I was a big Rick Mass fan and uh, Ernie Irvin and, man, on and on and on. But, man, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, man, NASCAR racing was just over the top, you know. It was uh, it was wonderful and still is even just as good or better today, you know. But, uh, but man, it's, uh, it's cool that you've been in the sport for that long, Brock. It's pretty awesome. Well, thank you. And if you don't mind me asking, David, I mean, like you were telling me a little bit about your family connection to sport. Like, uh, what's what's kind of like your earliest memory in NASCAR? If you don't oh, mind me asking. Man, I, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're talking about you old hell. I'm fixing to tell you how old I am. Hell, I can remember in the late '60s. You know, I uh, going to Texas World Speedway. Uh, you know, when my dad was a crew chief and and worked on the Vita Fresh Orange Juice racing team, and for Ronnie Chumley and Tony Bittenhausen Jr. Man, I watching remember watching. Buddy Baker and, and uh, uh, Bobby Allison and Donnie Allison and man, it just on and on and on, you know, uh, man, just uh, man, being at Texas World Speedway and coming up that big hill where the grandstand were. And then when you finally get up the hill and, and, and you can see the racetrack and see, man, it was Grand National back then, the 43 Grand National cars lined up on pit road, man, it just, man, it was just, uh, I remember it like it was yesterday, you know, I have, I still have all the programs and, uh, you know, Meyer Speedway is where my dad and, and, and the Ronnie Chumley and Tony Bittenhouse race locally. And, and then Neil Bonded would come and Bobby Allison and Richard Petty and man, it was just, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's all I've ever read about, you know, and studied about over the years since I was a young kid and, you know, everything, it's, 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 it's all just a dream of mine when I was a little boy to, to do what I do today. So, uh, you know, we're, we're so blessed to have this podcast with everybody and, and, uh, and man, I'm, I'm just honored and, and just very mm -hmm. thankful, uh, to just been in the sport as long as I have. It's a pretty awesome sport as, as we all know. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, with that, uh, Brock, your, your website, lastcar.info, uh, let, let's get to the elephant in the room. Uh, you guys give out an award each year. And uh, tell us about last year on the uh, Xfinity side, what happened? Well, you're putting me on the spot. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to bring this up voluntarily, but uh, <laughs> so the, we do have, we do cover the last place finisher on the website. And uh, we talk about, and it's a great framework to talk about a part of the field and drivers don't get discussed that often. Started actually in 2009 when we had all these different start and park teams that came into the sport. Uh, drivers just looking to make ends meet really in a difficult financial time. And it really expanded to, it was from Cup only, then to Xfinity and Trucks. And uh, our writers, William Saki and uh, Ben Schneider that are on the site too, they uh, do this also with other divisions uh, at the same time too. Uh, but yes, uh, recently... Uh, the last couple of years, one of the teams that we were covering, uh, it was actually the ARCA series, was saying like, okay, well, you you give it, you you keep these rankings on the site, like who has the most last place finishes each year? Do we get something for it? And I was like, do we get something for it? Like, I didn't even think anything about it. I just make a graphic on the website. That's it. Uh, so the idea of doing certificates came up, uh, and they, this team was the the first one that uh, they got one. And uh, so these last couple of years coming out to Phoenix. Uh, whoever's in contention for what I call the last car championship 
Uh, I have certificates ready on that. And last year was Joey Gase in the Cup Series. It was Jack Wood in the Truck Series and in the Xfinity Series. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, it was uh, 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 you, David, on that. So, but I just want to say, you know, again, uh, you were really cool about it. You're very, you know, very professional. Um, everybody I talked to that weekend was cool about it. And I think, you know, it's it, it, it's never, the, the objective of the site isn't to, you know, put this out there and be like, ha like, you know, we're, you know, criticizing somebody for, for having last place runs. What I even write on the certificates is, look, recognizing your endurance in the face of adversity. Because I think that's one thing that every racer understands is that this is a very humbling sport. You can be the race winner one day. I mean, look what's happened to Jeremy Clements just these last couple of days. I mean, you win the race and then the next day you get this, you know, this awful news about this technical infraction. Um, you know, it could go one direction or the other. But, you know, I mean, there's been other drivers that have been last car champions in the past. Jeff Gordon would have got a last car certificate in 1993. And look what, you know, his whole career has been. It's never a measure of, you know, it's not meant to be an indicator of futility, but more, you know, determination. And, and uh, David, I, if you don't mind me saying, yeah, I definitely represent that from all the different teams you've raced for and how long you've, uh, you know, contributed to the sport. Versus a yeah, fan well, a I appreciate. I mean, it's a cool award, you know. I uh, like I told you, uh, I was a little shocked when you presented it to me, uh, uh, you know, and and uh, you know, I was I was honored to get it, but I uh, I wouldn't, you know, I let you know, I was like, man, it's you're not proud of that award. It's um, you know, I think I told you, you're talking about a team that had a lot of heart, a lot of passion, a lot of desire, and a lot of drive, you know, and. Uh, you know, and a lot of times those things um, under the circumstances of what your budget looks like for the year kind of dictates the quality of team you get, you know. And I, and I was driving for MBN Motorsports, my buddy Carl Long, who used to work for us at Spears, Spears Motorsports when I drove the Spears truck forever. And Carl was just a great guy, great race car driver, great mechanic, fabricator, everything. And, you know, years later, uh, I find myself driving for him. It was pretty cool. He's a great friend, you know, but uh, we didn't work on really the biggest budget, probably one of the smallest one in, in the sport. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and as a competitor or winner, uh, uh, you know, you're doing the best you can with what you have. And, and with the type of budget we raced on, I mean, it was amazing. Some of the finishes we got, but it was also just as um, uh, frustrating when your equipment, uh, when you didn't have uh, the level of equipment that it takes to be really, really competitive, you know. And uh, and maybe a racing team has to uh, run another race on an engine when it needs to really be rebuilt or using used parts because you can't afford to replace them yet. And when you do stuff like that, uh, you know, the risk of having a mechanical problem, it makes it so much higher. And the drivers just, you know, when, when they drop the green flag, the only thing I got on my mind is trying to win and pass every car you can in front of you. And then when you have a mechanical problem, knocks you out of the race, it, it's it's tough, you know. And, uh, you know, not only myself, uh, uh, you know, I think, like you said, Jeff Gordon and others, we all been there and done that. And I, and a lot of the drivers, different drivers, I won't mention names over the years, you know, they uh, I said, hey, man, just stick after it. You know, you're, you're a winner just to be competing at this level. And do you know how many millions and millions of, of, of uh, men and women out there racing across America on these short tracks would love 
to be in your shoes. You know, you've earned it. You've won races. You've won championships. Obviously, uh, the talent level it takes to race at the elite levels of all NASCAR series, trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. You know, but it's just uh, the situation you're in and in those present times. You know, but uh, but anyway, I always let people know, hey, don't just remind yourself that. You know, you're a winner, you're a champion, and just because you don't have the big budget this year don't mean that you won't next year, you know what I mean? And uh, and I just kind of encourage everybody to uh, keep keep driving, you know, that when you race and you have something break or you just don't have all the funding you need, man, it just, it always inspired me. And it, that passion to do good uh, every week drives me to keep, keep after it, you know what I mean? But I appreciate uh, the reward, you know what I mean? Because sometimes when you got all those did not finish races, it's kind of cool that somebody's even paying attention to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, I, I love your uh, your passion and your uh, and your love of the sport we all love. You know what I mean? And it's cool that uh, that that people are paying attention to some of those stories that kind of get left behind. You know what I mean? Because I can assure you that. Uh, not only myself, but a lot of other drivers that don't have the biggest budgets, we're driving our tails off and, and not really spinning our wheels, not really going anywhere. But uh, it'd be kind of nice if we could change spots for a weekend or two with some of those powerhouse teams to see how we would do. Because I, I can assure you that we could put it in victory lane just like they do. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but anyway, it's, it's a cool award. I think it's cool that you recognize that. And, uh, you know, there's no uh, shame to it at all. It's just the situation you're in at the present time. <laughs> well, I do have good news as far as uh, how this year's gone. Um, you, David, have, have not had a single last place finish this year. So more than likely, you will not be a two-time recipient of this one. Well, I mean, you know, it's just, man, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, for all these years, 24 years I've been doing this, I've had some pretty good luck over the years. And uh, this year, I mean, Got a great team, great crew chief, and great teammate, great sponsors, and just, man, we just had bad luck all year long. You know what I mean? It's just if something weird would happen, it would happen to us. But, man, you just keep your head down and, and keep working, you know, and just be thankful that you even have the opportunity to race at the level we race at because just to compete at this level is, is not easy. There's, there's a lot of challenges and there's a lot of variables. It's just not talent anymore that keeps you there. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's funding, sponsors. And so anyway, it's, it's uh, you know, there's just, there's a lot to the sport and a lot to being able to compete out there. But I, I love it that somebody recognizes the hard work and the dedication and, and uh, you know, the, the agony of defeat at times when you have mechanical problems and you end up finishing last a lot, you know what I mean? It's good that there's an award for you. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, you know, and again, like, I, I, that, that means so much that you, that you recognize as well, David. So I, I do appreciate that. And, and also, you know, I mean, these stories at the back of the field, I mean, it's not, I think the, the, the worst thing that happens from the way a lot of these stories or shown publicly like on tv is it seems like it's open and shut like he ran 20 laps and he fell out it's like for example one of your runs last year when you you were shown in last place you actually came back out and you were driving in place of i think it was cj mclaughlin at the time Atlanta, then, yeah yeah so i mean that was one and that and i don't think it got a second of coverage on tv but i mean it was very impressive because i think that was a really hot day i believe mclaughlin Man, it was awesome. or something it was awesome, you know, whoever the driver was, you might have mentioned his name, but, you know, unfortunately, we uh, we uh, got tied up in a wreck, knocked us out, 
had a great car and uh, and man you know you're disappointed you got to go to the infield care center once i did that i'm walking over to my hauler and got to talk to my team owner for a minute talk about what happened analyze a little bit and then i was going to go change it man uh, and uh, team came running and said, Hey man, will you jump in our car? You jump in our car? I said, well, hell yeah. What car is it? You know? And said, well, what's going on? Well, the driver's uh, heat exhaustion or whatever. And it said, our, you know, the AC's not working, you know? And I'm saying, well, really? And I was like, man, I'm thinking in my mind, hell, I don't even have an AC. You know what I mean? So, uh, uh, man, I jumped in that car and it was several laps down, but it was amazing how fast it was. And, uh, Man, I remember uh, when I got in the car, the guys got excited. I said, man, your lap times are awesome. We were passing cars, good cars, you know, and, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't get out of his way because we were eight or nine, ten laps down. I don't remember what the problem was. But, uh, but anyway, man, the car was really fast, and it was a different manufacturer than what I had been driving that day. And I remember when the race was over with, I was telling Carl Long and my crew chief, I said, hey, man, this car, when you go off in the corners, I mean, it's got some serious downforce because, I mean, uh, I could ride it deep in the corner, kind of get out of the gas about half throttle for a second and go back to it. And that thing stuck. It was amazing, you know. And I said, you know, in the car that, that we had wrecked in and I had gotten out of it, you know, I didn't have that type of downforce when I got in the car. So when I got into the corner, into the corner, uh, when I when I go, drove it deep into the corner, and I had to wait a split second for it to front tires to gain some traction, be able to get to the gas, and it was decent. I thought we were pretty competitive, but uh, it didn't have the downforce that this other car. So driving two cars in the same race on the same day. You know, man, what a big difference it was in downforce and how it drove. And and, and we learned something that day. Uh, and it was it was amazing. But, man, there's been a lot of stories over the years. Uh, kind of weird. You can start a race in one manufacturer and then you end up finishing the race in another. You know what I mean? Not nothing you're proud of. Just kind of how the day worked out. But uh, but anyway, it was it was just kind of, you know, some of those interesting deals uh stories that one day when you write a book it'll be a chapter <laughs> you know somebody said man you know ac's out there's no ac in it well i said well hell i don't use an ac anyway you know what i mean it's like being from texas i'm kind of used to the heat and i'm pretty serious about what i do especially racing wise you don't want to ever fall out of the seat per se where you get tired or you you need to take a break. I mean, you're 110 percent from the time they drop that green flag to the time the checkered waves. Uh, and if you're not, I don't think you're very serious about what you're doing. You know what I mean? So. Uh, so anyway, I just uh, you know, everybody's different, you know, how you take care of your body and how you uh, view all that. But uh, but anyway, that was kind of a cool day. Sounds like it. Yeah. So. <laughs> With that, uh, part of the reason why we have uh, Brock here is to uh, preview the uh, NASCAR playoffs and that begins uh, this weekend at Darlington with the Southern 500 Labor Day weekend. Brock, uh, beginning on just the historical side of things, uh, you know, this year has been so incredible. And, you know, all these different winners that we've seen throughout the year and the parody throughout the sport, how would you describe the – historical significance uh of this uh this playoff that's about to begin here i you know it's a good question i was kind of mulling this over on the stream the other day and i i get a sense that 
you know, this Darlington race in particular this weekend, this is going to be a real statement win for whoever wins it. I don't think somebody's going to back into this one. I, I sent somebody, I mean, Darlington, I mean, you know this just as well as anyone, David, you know, that track has a say in who wins it. Uh, you know, and I, I think with all the parody we've seen, and we've seen some people that are maybe a little unusual faces in there. Um, I think, you know, I mean, maybe in some past chases when the you know playoffs, I'm showing my age too, where the, uh, you know, the, the series start in a different tracks, so it doesn't necessarily show that. Maybe somebody peaks early and then doesn't keep going. Um, I, I will only put it out there. I think probably whoever wins this race is, is already, I would consider, a favorite for the championship. I know it's easy to say that, but um, th this, th I mean, this is such a grueling race, 500 miles at Darlington. Um, you, know, uh, you know, so much has changed there. I think that you know, and again, I, I'm already thinking, you know, guys like Hamlin, guys like Kyle Larson still trying to get his first Darlington win, uh, Ross Chastain. I mean, you know, are these people for real or was it just a time where they had like one win? I think that's uh, it, it's going to be interesting. And we saw that, I think, a bit last year, too. Um, so I, I expect that to be even more critical this year with the uh, with the new car and it's at its own quirks. Yeah, I think so. It's uh, it's going to be uh, fascinating to see. Uh how that all plays out. And so, Brock, uh, who are some of the uh, the favorites? If you had to narrow it down a bit, who are some of the guys you're watching for to contend for this uh, championship here? Boy, you know, I, I think Kyle Larson is, you know, looking like he's – I mean, I know he was the last car feature this week for the Cup Series race, but, um, you know, sometimes Hendrick has a history of that where maybe they – you know, Jimmy Johnson had this in years where – they would try different things in advance of the playoffs, and then they would come in and they would just take off. Um, we haven't seen the same Kyle Larson as we saw last year with getting the 10 wins, but we haven't had to. He's just had these wins bookending the season almost between Fontana and Watkins Glen. And, um, you know, he's still been trying to get a Darlington win. He's been so close so many times uh, to win specifically the Southern 500. Um, you know, and uh, to the point we're just like smashing the car in the wall and trying to uh, catch Denny Hamlin. Uh, I would consider him one of the favorites. And, you know, actually, just remembering, too, he was last in the spring race at Darlington, too. Uh, but again, no, no fault of his own. Engine failure in that one, too. Uh, if the car holds together, which I guess is the big question for everybody, um, that's, that's certainly one guy I would look at. But then, you know, Logano winning the spring race, Denny Hamlin always being fast, running the Xfinity race as well. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the usual suspects, but I think a, a smaller, that would probably be the, the group to kind of look at. Yeah, that's that's a really good group. Uh, and, and and Dominic, uh, of some of those names there, you know, I have to think that Chase Elliott is the the favorite, but it doesn't feel like that's saying much. I mean, he's got the mo most momentum as of late, but I mean, you can make a case for Kevin Harvick, as uh, Brock mentioned. Uh, you know, Kyle Larson. I mean, and, and everything. You know, come playoff time, we, we saw what Tony Stewart did back in 2014. Came in with no momentum and won five of the ten races here. I mean, you can really turn things on even now. Well, just looking at some of the research I do before the race weekends, of your 16 playoff guys, only four of them have won at Darlington in the past. Kevin Harvick, like you said, Tyler, he leads the field. He's got four wins. That most memorable win for me, we've talked about it at length on the show, how it could be a book in itself, was how NASCAR's journey to come back from the pandemic. Two months, Kevin Harvick is your winner, May 17th, 2020. But I also think, too, Danny Hamlin, a three-time winner of the Southern 500. Joey Logano is the most recent Darlington winner. And Kyle Busch won 
at Darlington in 2008, but everybody else hasn't. And, and Brock, you bring up a great point there too with Kyle Larson. Nine starts, five top five finishes. He's been runner up a few times. He led a lot of laps there in the 42 car. He about nudged Denny Hamlin to get the win last year. That was a thrilling last lap. I got to think Kyle Larson has to be one of your favorite guys to win the Southern 500, even though he's never won. And Chase Elliott has run really well, and he's never won this race. But I look, a lot of those playoff guys are going to be up towards the front. And, and another guy, too, I mean, he missed the playoffs by three points. But you got to think Martin Truex Jr. is going to be up there in the top ten more often than not, collecting stage points, stage wins, maybe even being a factor in Sunday. But if we're looking currently playoff guys, Kyle Larson looks like he's going to be really good if we're going just best, pay, uh, based off past numbers. Right, right. Well, and, and and we're talking about the playoff as a whole, Dominic, not just Darlington here. Okay, yeah, and yeah, okay, and, and I think too, like Brock said, Darlington will give you a lot of momentum. And when you look at the entire ten races, you have Darlington, you have short tracks, you have the Roval, you have Talladega, you have intermediate tracks. There's definitely a blend of everything. I feel like Kyle Larson is your guy there too. When you look at the big picture, Darlington's going to provide a lot of momentum, no matter who runs well there. But I feel like Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott are your two guys looking as the odds-on favorites for the 2022 title. And like it was mentioned, they would try things with Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, and then these guys would just come out like balls of fire in the playoffs. So Hendrick Motorsports, I feel like they're up to their old antics where we're going to see them just really explode here in the playoffs. One of the things I'm also very curious about, one of the guys that ha he's been, I think, the breakout star of this year is Ross Chastain. And... You know, you had the little scuffle with Denny Hamlin, you know, a few weeks ago. But as Kyle Busch pointed out, that he hasn't really been handed any payback yet. And a lot of guys have said payback's coming for Ross Chastain. And the statistics are out there. It's clear. I mean, nobody's caused more accidents this year than Ross Chastain. And it's not even close uh, among all NASCAR drivers. And so – David, uh, with Ross, I know that you love Ross, and, and we all do. I mean, what he's done this year. But it, it's it's very interesting that he's going in the playoff, not only as kind of the, the breakout guy, but also with the target on his back, too. Yeah, and he stopped by. Uh, uh, it was a Friday night. You know, it was a big rain delay, and he came over to my hauler and saw to see me. And we probably talked for 30 minutes, you know, and uh, some people want some pictures with him and took some pictures with him, but we got back to our conversation and, uh, you know, I just told him, man, I was proud of him for what he's accomplished. And uh, I said, man, he brought a lot of excitement to uh, <laughs> people's televisions across America, you know, and he said, he kind of laughed, you know, and I said, well, Hey, keep it up. You know, obviously the challenge, you know, there's a big challenge ahead of you, but you know, don't, don't do anything different. Keep racing hard. And, uh, you, you know, end goals, you know, end goals try to win his championship. And uh, so, you know, he assured me that he was uh, not going to do anything different and uh, he was going to go race hard. Whoever wins this championship, you know, is it's, uh, you know, you can't be a push around. You got to have thick skin and you got to be able to be tough and do what you got to do, you know, and uh, don't, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to intimidate him, but, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm excited for Ross. He's, you know, he's done a lot. It's, it's cool to see a kid like that with a lot of determination and, you know, go through all the different levels and drive anything, get his hands on and put him in a situation that he's in now. It's very refreshing for all the kids across America and all these short tracks that, hey, man, you can you can do this, too, because Ross Chastain has done it. So but, man, just just thinking about what Brock was saying earlier, there's so many stories, you know, you 
uh, and I, and I, and I kind of, uh, momentum's one of them, uh, momentum coming into this championship with the first race being Darlington. But I do believe, uh, the guys, the teams that run strong at Darlington just kind of be some of your favorites towards the end of the championship. You know, you look at Penske with Joey Logano, man, he was so strong there earlier this year and won the race. And then I think back, uh, you know, Cal Larson and, and, and Denny Hamlin, what a show those guys put on. They're all Chase contenders. Uh, I mean, and, uh, you know, you look at Chase Elliott. I mean, uh, you, you he's got to be one of the favorites or the favorite. Uh, now you look at what Stuart Haas has done and what Kevin Harvick's done here, you know, towards the end of the season to make the playoffs. And, I mean, to win two races in a row is amazing. You know what I mean? So, Man, you got a lot of heavy hitters, uh, and and you know we, we're all talked about these different organizations, the different drivers. Uh, you can't ever leave out Kyle Busch. You know Kyle, Kyle Larson's going to be up there, but man, that that Penske organization. You look at Hendricks. You know, I mean, a lot of them. You're thinking, man. You you look at the Stuart Haas thing. You almost think, man, were they sandbagging? <laughs> you know what I mean? We're just showing all their cards, you know, but. You know, and it goes back to what we've been talking about since we started the show is, you know, the parody and the action and the drama and how competitive it is and this new next-gen car. And, man, I think this is just the first year with this new next-gen car and the excitement we have up until this point. And now these next 10 races to crown a champion in 2022 – Man, I think it's going to be over the top these next 10 races. I mean, it's going to be a lot to cover, a lot of excitement, you know, a lot of drama. It's going to be great, man, you know. I mean, obviously, Ross, my, my buddy Ross, uh, he's got a target on him, and, you know, he knows he has a target on him, but, but he's going for it. I mean, there's going to be a lot of drama. And and I can all I can say is, man, how exciting and proud I am of our sport because of how, how much coverage is getting – all the excitement, the new eyes paying attention to it. It's just, uh, man, this new playoff system, it's awesome. It's going to be great. But, man, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be exciting Sunday to see who who wins the race. I think we talk about all the cars that we know are going to be racing for the win and and to see who really crosses the checkered flag first to see who that is. And uh, I don't know. I'm just excited about the playoffs on the Xfinity side and definitely the cup side. It's yeah. going to be over the top. I mean, uh, we've seen that the ratings have been way up this year, in particular uh, in NBC's half of the schedule. And and then, uh, you know, also, Dom, I mean, you know, we're, we're going to get this new race to the championship series on USA, which is supposed mm -hmm. to be similar to uh, the uh, F1 series on Netflix. And then you got that, that goofy-ass show that Austin Dillon's doing on USA Network, which I guess some people like for whatever reason. Hey, they have a lot more content to work with now over the next few weeks for that show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And season two got renewed, I think, with that uh, that Daytona win. But nonetheless, uh, it's a it, it's going to be a fun next few weeks uh, leading up here to the playoff. I mean, I sure will. And yeah. you know, I, I agree. And, and I think over the next few weeks, as we see guys getting chopped and who makes the cut and who does well, I'm sure we're going to have some more surprises. And I want to ask you this, Brock. We had Jeremy Mayfield on a couple of weeks ago, and Tyler brought up a great point during that show, pulling a Mayfield and asking Jeremy about that, how he had that win situation at Richmond, got in the playoffs. So with that being said, and looking at Austin Dillon, pulling a Jeremy Mayfield to get in the playoffs, Brock, how do these guys fare in the past? Were these guys that win at the last minute, they get in the playoffs, how have they fared, and is that any indication of how Austin Dillon's going to do in the playoffs if those trends continue? 
Well, you know, it's I, I I'm kind of of two minds of it because I, I love pulling for anybody that, you know, is the underdog and just kind of, you know, slides under the radar and 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 pulls off something big like that. But, you know, I I think that, you know, in 2004, for example, I mean, mentioning Mayfield, I mean, right away, the first round of the championship, New Hampshire, he gets in an incident with Greg Biffle. Um, I think there were like uh, Tony Stewart had like some incident with him or something. And there was, it just, it just kind of went downhill uh, from there. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, you know, one thing I, I like with the playoff system is that it has Daytona there to determine the last spot. And I know that we saw a lot of, you know, it, it got pretty ugly in, in both the races, unfortunately, at some point. I'm glad that there was some good racing, uh, you know, at the end for both, to, you know, to kind of make up for that at the same time. But I think generally, you know, we, we talked about this, you talked about this with uh, Martin Truex earlier. Like, if you don't get it done earlier in the season, or um, or Tyler, I think you were bringing this up. Like, you know, if, if you had, like, your three points off and you're just not, uh, you know, you, those three points could have been lost at any point of the season. I think if you need to rely on winning some, you know, super speedway race at the very last second and getting in there, uh, it's generally going to be somebody that probably you wouldn't expect to be uh, in the mix. Uh, and maybe that, you know, maybe that ends up being kind of a factor uh, in it there. Although, I mean, I'm, I'm at the same time now that I'm thinking about it, you know, William Byron won the Daytona race and got in there and, you know, he seemed to distinguish himself pretty well there. So I guess there's always exceptions. It doesn't seem like it's a, Hard and fast rule. But well, I think yeah, I mean, Rock, I mean, think about, like, would anybody here be surprised if Ryan Blaney, without a win, and getting the very last playoff spot, you know, the, the wild card with points, goes out there, wins a couple races, wins the title? Absolutely not. Um, no, no. He very well could. I think that, you know, we, we've seen Fords get better the last couple of weeks. I mean, we, we talk about just the openness of this playoff and, and getting out at the right time. I mean – Dom, even with the playoff point situation, Blaney, although he didn't win, he won the All-Star race, he ran so fast and so good, even as a wild-card contender, he's still not far back in playoff points, even in, even getting the last spot in. Stage wins matter, I think, throughout the regular season. You pick up a playoff point for every stage you'd pick up with stage one and stage two. And I can't recall off the top of my head, but he did pick up multiple. And, and that's what, I mean, even looking at Martin Truex, I mean, I hate to go back and rehash that, but if he did make the playoffs, he would have been seated fourth or fifth. I mean, that's how many points these guys picked up and showed how consistent they were. And I guess we'll come back to see in 10 weeks if this statement will come to bite me. But I really think Ryan Blaney is going to advance way further than Austin Dillon will in these playoffs, just based on what we have seen through the first 26 races. And you look at Christopher Bell. We didn't even talk about him, man. Gibbs car, winning races, won New Hampshire, been strong here the last, you know, towards the end of the, the, the regular season. And uh, it's just going to be exciting, you know, man. And going back to Daytona, golly, what a – I mean, I, I, I take my hats off to NASCAR. They they did everything they could to give everybody a fair shot to run all the laps. And uh, with the rain delay and the fans, I mean, you got to give take your hat off to NASCAR for doing that. They could have easily called the race. Unfortunate with uh, what happened going into turn one. It's just kind of a freak thing, man. It wasn't really raining. There was rain everywhere. But it wasn't raining on the racetrack at the time. And you come through the trial and, and, you know, you're looking at people's windshields and there's no rain. And, man, you, you turn off the wall, get in the corner, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's rain coming down right at that instant. You know what I mean? And it's just uh, – it was unfortunate. But, man, what a 
What an exciting, crazy uh, Daytona it was, man, for everybody. It was uh, amazing to see Austin Dillon get the win and how he got the win. You know, and another thing, uh, you know, when he bumped a bump draft a two-car going into turn one, you don't ever bump draft going into a turn because the end result is not a, is not good. You know, the risk of wrecking when you're turning the corner and somebody's bump drafting you, you know what that, that tactic does is we saw it happen. And seeing, uh, uh, God, what's his name that drives the two car? Austin Cindric. I mean, he he probably didn't appreciate that, but he understood it, you know. And that's what uh, he said post race. You know, I mean, understood it. He's in the chase now. You got a, uh, you know, Austin Dillon in the race and in the chase. You know, what I mean, I mean, so, uh, you know, a lot of stories and a lot of drama could play out certain ways, and uh, uh, it was just it was exciting, you know. Even the end of the you know, the race to, to win the, the, the race Sunday was exciting, even though there was a lot of, I don't know, guys, I guess I asked the question, there was only four or five cars that didn't have any damage on them, you know, and, the, and when the race was ended, it was crazy. We had you know? so many cars that had more damage than cars that didn't have damage, right? The majority of the cars yeah. certainly did. And how about well, B.J. McLeod? B.J. McLeod. Second straight year. I mean, top 10 finish I mean, the Daytona. Unbelievable. B.J. McLeod, yeah. uh, Ray, uh, who was David Reagan, um, who else? Um, Cody Ware. Cody Ware, man. That was amazing for Rick Ware Racing to have the, the finishing of their two cars. I mean, it was just – it was kind of cool to see some of the cars that we're not used to seeing – Finishing the top ten, it was pretty neat. And hey, man, at the end of the day, when they when they dropped the checker flag, man, you're in the top ten. No matter how it all worked out, you were there, you know. Well, so, and it worked out awesome for one fan in particular. Tyler, you know what I'm talking about, Brock, David, and, and you, the listener, may know too about the fan that had the free bet on FanDuel and had a top ten parlay with the 51 car Cody Ware, David Reagan. B.J. McLeod, and I'm forgetting who the other one was, but they put all four of them on their parlay. Oh, Gregson, yeah. No, Gregson. No, Gregson. $999,000. It was something Come short. On. A few hundred dollars short of a million yeah, dollars. A free bet. Did free not bet. put any money down and won close to hundred grand. Amazing. I saw that screenshot on Twitter, and I thought that was like, wow. You hear about those, but to actually see something like that. That's why NASCAR bad. betting, if you're not doing it, folks, is phenomenal because you <laughs> a lot of money. More than you can in other sports. We can't touch oh, that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done it myself, but yeah, you always hear about I BetUS.com, promo code Jones22. <laughs> hey, there you go. And before we get to the news and notes, Brock, I want to bring up something, a couple points, actually. So one of the things we buried here on the show, one of the biggest buried lead things I think we've done in a while, you're a published author. You had a book there with on the story in the life of J.D. McDuffie, and you have a second book in the work, and you also have a pretty cool event come up next week. So I want you to share with us a little bit about each of those things and, and how those next events look for you and how this book coming up is looking for you. Oh, absolutely. No, thank you. And, uh, you know, uh, yes. Yeah, so as you mentioned, Dominic, I have uh, one book that's published and another one that's on, on the way. One that's on the way, uh, I'll mention first here, is a biography of Derek Cope. Um, Derek and his wife, Alicia, have been extremely helpful. We've been doing interviews since 2018, um, just describing, you know, his story. And again, another upset at Daytona, very timely with what's going on this week here. Uh, driving hey, the Rock, what year was that? Uh, 1990. So yeah, a ways, a ways back there. So actually just, just before I got into the sport. You know what a great story about that is uh, when Dale Earnhardt went into turn three coming to the checkered flag and uh, we see him go high because his right rear tire was flat. You know, when he pulled into the garage area, they, they told him, I guess he was the first kid standing there. 
I was. I had snuck into the garage that year and was in the garage. And man, I was everywhere. And I got pictures in, in one of my uh, albums of, of that car. I mean, it was right there uh, when he pulled into the garage with a flat right rear tire, man. It was amazing. But what a oh, what a God. story for uh, Derek Cope. And it's cool. And, and to become great friends with Derek, it's cool that you wrote that, you know, that you was involved in writing that uh, auger by, you know, the, you're the book for Derek. That's pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, I, I, I had no idea. See, that's the thing. It's like, you know, a race like that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, everybody, you know, experience is different. But to be there firsthand, I, I can't even imagine. But that's that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, you know, talking about De talking with Derek, talking with just not just the Daytona win, but then his win at Dover later on, uh, other teams he's driven for, and really how he got into racing. I mean, there's there's he's 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 you know like a lot of these uh, other drivers that uh, I talk about. I mean, he's just lived an interesting life. Uh, but my first book that I did was uh, actually on the late JD McDuffie, and uh, you and I were talking about this a bit earlier, David, as well, because of course you drove for. Uh, Jimmy Means, who was again a good good friend of JD's, uh, you know, during his career, both owner drivers working their way uh, through the ranks, trying to get the best run they can. Um, that was my first book, and um, you know, again, uh, uh, at the time, you know, I really wanted to kind of do a lot more research on it because it didn't seem like there was a main source to kind of get all the stories together, and there were so many stories from people that were fans, uh, members of the team, his family, his uh, his, his wife Ima Jean. Uh, sadly passed away last year. I, I got to interview her before that, um, his, uh, his daughter, Linda. Uh, and it, it seemed like everybody I talked to knew two or three other people that wanted to be a part of it. I think we had more than 30 interviews at the end of it. And uh, that was my first book on that. And, and what's really touched me since then is just how much, how many, even more people, I wouldn't say more people, I mean, well, there's, there, there are some people that, that now know about JD that didn't before, and that's, that's awesome enough as it is, but I sense also there's a lot of people who did know him, and then for decades, you know, it, it, it you know, he kind of just almost fell into myth a little bit, it's kind of strange to say that, but it seems like a lot of people that shared these stories, it almost was like they hadn't said this in years, I and mean, certainly with Jimmy Means, it was like that, and, you know, sharing their memories and, and coming out, and and there's, I think I, I'd like to believe that there's been, you know, some, some healing that's happened since then, because of course the way JD lost his life uh, was very traumatic for all involved, I mean, his team, his family and everybody else. But, um, you know, we did a, we did a book tour at Watkins Glen in 2018, myself, Linda McDuffie and Charlie Birch, who was the team photographer. We stayed at his place for that week. Um, you know, we visited the track. It was a great, uh, great promotion we did there. Uh, and now, these years later, four years later, uh, this next Monday, September 5th, is going to be J.D. McDuffie Day in Lee County, where Sanford, North Carolina is, J.D.'s hometown. And they're going to unveil a mural at 329 Carthage Street. Uh, the unveiling is between 12 and 6 p.m. Uh, at that location. Um, there's, uh, there's going to be a car show. They're, they're going to be uh, having some other guests there. Um, hopefully, Jimmy Means will be there. I know, David, you were asking about that earlier. Um, they're, they are looking to kind of get some other, uh, some drivers, uh, to show up there, uh, and, uh, you know, just, just bring as many people as, uh, as possible. So it's going to be the day after the Southern 500, uh, between 12 and six in Sanford, North Carolina. And, uh, I'll, uh, be providing the additional information for that. So man, I, I, I just, I love it. And, and, and man, I love it. I didn't know JD McDuffie, but I, uh, I, when I was driving for Jimmy years ago, uh, I read your book. 
and the book was awesome. Uh, it had some, uh, it had Ronnie Chumley, the guy my dad uh, worked on his racing team, Body Fresh Orange Juice Racing Team. His name was mentioned in the book. And, uh, um, but, you know, I, I, uh, I love the history of our sport. And driving for Jimmy Means was really awesome because, uh, man, just, uh, just a true legend of our sport. And, um, you know, his stories and how he did it and how he did it, the longevity of his career. And, uh, you know, people uh, don't understand how hard these people work and what the sacrifices, the sacrifices they made to, to have that longevity in the sport, you know. And, uh, man, I love racing for Jimmy. Uh, his passion, his desire, his love of the sport, and then hearing all the stories and uh, hearing a lots of story about J.D. McDuffie. And I was always a fan of J.D. McDuffie because he was an independent and, uh, you know, he never won in a, a NASCAR race, but it was cool, uh, you know, how he did it and how, and how hard he worked, you know. And, and, uh, and your book was amazing. I loved it. Jimmy Means let me borrow the book and I read it. And it was amazing. And uh, I love it that you're still keeping J.D. McDuffie in the spotlight, sharing his story. I, th I believe it's very inspirational. And for the ones that didn't know him and didn't know that much about him, uh, man, I enjoyed that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm so glad that the town that he, where he's from is honoring him with a mural and, and, and doing a, a day in his honor. Uh, that's really cool, and uh, I just think it's awesome. I love the work you're doing, and uh, please keep it up. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's uh, that's terrific. And uh, uh, Brock, real quick before we transition to our next segment, where can people uh, find more information? Where's it? Where's all that made available? Uh, so, best ways to uh, check uh, is uh, my Twitter feed at Last Car on Brock. Uh, my website is also lastcar.info. Uh, that's where I have most of my uh, content there as well. Uh, but more of the information at about uh, J.D. McDuffie and the upcoming J.D. McDuffie Day, I'll uh, be, uh, Dominic, I'll provide that to you. But also another great source to check out all things J.D. is the J.D. McDuffie NASCAR Racing Legend Group on Facebook. That one is actually run by uh, Linda McDuffie on there and uh, other people in the family. Uh, crew members talk there. A lot of people sharing old pictures. If you're looking for other JD content, I think uh, they, they all, I believe they're also on Twitter as well. Um, but uh, their Facebook page is particularly active. So definitely check that out. That's cool. You know, you talk to these legends. I mean, I, I hate to butt in here, but man, you know, you spend time with AJ Foyt and, you know, you, you know, just all these legends that you, that you're honored and just pink yourself when you get to sit down and talk to them, the stories and the stories you're like, there's no way this stuff, there's no way that's true. But man, I'm telling you, Jimmy Means, JD McDuffie, just all these guys, man, how the stories they have, it's, it's just so far out there. It's like, man, it's in, in living in the world of, nascar racing that we live in today and how they did it and the stories they have it's like man it's like sometimes it's hard to comprehend it you know what i mean it's like y'all did what and i mean you know it was just but man it's just they laid they laid the groundwork paved made the sport what it, what it is so we could all enjoy it and work in it today you know what i mean but man i i love your book and i, I love i have a lots of books about different drivers and about the sport and man it's, it's just awesome man i'm I appreciate the 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 historia the history the history of the sport and uh, 
and, and, and bringing J.D. McDuffie back to the forefront. You know what I mean? I think it's important. Oh, yeah, for sure. Today's show is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter is the official ticket resale marketplace of Worldwide Technology Raceway, where David won in 2004. Fans can also get tickets to any type of event, including sports, concerts, and theater productions. Ticket Smarter is committing to helping those in need by donating $1 from every transaction to various charity organizations. Head over to TicketSmarter.com to find tickets for upcoming events. That's TicketSmarter.com. Time for the news and notes. A lot to cover this week. Dominic, where shall we start? We have a lot to cover, but let's start with some re-signings. It's the last time we've had you, the listener, on the show with us. We know some guys are coming back for next year and beyond. Eric Almarola is re-signed with Stuart Haas Racing through... 2024, I believe, with Smithfield as a sponsorship. Now, another Ford team that has announced multi-year extensions is Team Penske. Ryan Blaney and Joey Logano will stay in their respective rides. However, with both those guys, Tyler Brock and David, we don't have contract links. We don't know how long those guys have signed for, but it sounds like they're all long-term deals. We know those three guys are staying put for a while. The big one of those, Brock, is uh, Eric Alvarola going from retirement at the end of this year to not only just being back next year, but multiple years, quite the uh, changeover. But I mean, you know, he's with one of the best teams and great equipment, got a great sponsor. I, I don't see why he would want to retire at, at, at this age right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, all I could think when the, he changed his mind on that is I guess he's really comfortable with the next gen car. I mean, we saw him, have a really, really strong start to this season. I remember we did some coverage at Fontana. He had a good run out there. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately not in the playoffs this year, but, you know, not, I wouldn't say a, a bad year. I think last year might have been more of a factor and maybe that decision, because I know he was pretty close to being the last car champion in our Cup Series side there. Um, had, had a couple of just rough runs there. Uh, just bad luck, really, during a lot of it, because, of course, the team's capable, as you mentioned, Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, but I think really the big difference probably is he, he's just been really comfortable with this car. I don't, I don't have any personal knowledge of that, but I think in terms of what's been the biggest change since last year, uh, that's one thing I would certainly factor into it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's a very good point. Uh, David, uh, Eric Almarola coming back. We talked about with Mayfield a couple weeks ago. It would have been crazy to leave. I mean, I just I didn't understand it when he announced it. Uh, uh, the, the, his his age, you know how, you know how young he is, and driving for Stuart Haas uh, Racing. I mean, you know, it's just uh, winning races. It didn't make sense to me when you got a sponsor like you know Smithfield and and an organization like Stuart Haas and the opportunity. I mean. Man, that's every race car driver's dream to have what Eric Amarillo was was going to retire out of, and I just I couldn't put, wrap my understanding of, of the retirement. You Still know, young too, just thirty eight. Yeah, very young, and uh, man, when you got a great sponsor uh, like they like he has, and to back him, uh, give him the the funding that he needs to to go for a championship and to be winning races. I mean. Man, I, I didn't understand it, and and man, to see him rethink that with his family and announce that he's going to come back for a couple more years. I mean, that's you know, I, I'm not surprised by it because it's kind of I would be surprised if you walked away from that. You know what I mean? You, we all work from the time we 
we start, you know, getting involved in, in stock car racing, you know, everybody's dream and goal is to be where Eric Amarillo is with a, a great team, one of the powerhouse teams with a great sponsor, just a great organization around you and be a championship caliber team. And I just didn't understand him walking away from it uh, uh, now, you know what I mean? So uh, it all makes sense. And, uh, man, it's, I'm, I'm glad for him and his family and for the organization to see him have a shot to win a championship here the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Dominic, uh, Kyle Busch, uh, he said a couple of days ago, no announcement yet, but – Based on the way that he's talked the last, you know, several days, seems like the door is closing on Gibbs. A lot of rumblings about colleague and RCR and Chevy being interested here. Um, that that seems to be the favorite that it, that uh, more than likely ends up with one of these Chevy programs right now. That, that's looking likely. I believe Adam Stern was the first to report that Richard Childress. Matt Colley have been in talks with Kyle Busch. I think it was interesting that when he walked into the Daytona press room earlier this week for his media availability, that Kyle said, look, I have an announcement. There is no announcement. Are we clear? And then I think there was still a reporter that tried to push him on. And he said, look, I'm not going to talk about this stuff. It's all going to work out in time. Answering these questions could help or hurt me. And, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but there, yeah, there's no update right now. But I think we will find out in due time. And, and Brock, I'd be curious. We hear a lot about these silly season announcements come out and, and they tend to happen before the end of the year. How likely do you think we will find out Kyle Busch's 2023 plans before the end of the season? You know, that's a good question. I mean, there's, there's so many moving parts nowadays in what sets up these team driver sponsor relationships. I mean, not the fact that you have to have multiple sponsors these days to fund a ride, getting a charter, keeping a charter and all these other things that have to go on. Um, I could, I could see the team wanting to make some moves before the end of the year, just because the it seems like the offseason just gets shorter and shorter with the you know the clash being now uh, in LA and everything. So um, I would I'd probably be surprised if it if it wasn't mentioned by the time the season wraps up. Maybe they, I mean I'd, I'd be surprised probably if they did it in Phoenix, unless he doesn't make unless he doesn't make the championship four, then maybe it'll be like why not? Maybe that that might actually be probably more the guideline. Maybe you know once Kyle Busch is eliminated for the playoffs, if he assuming he doesn't make the championship four, of course he's very capable of doing so. That might be the moment I would think because then it wouldn't be a distraction to them actually pursuing it. Um, and obviously this has all been a great distraction already, made worse by the fact that Ty Gibbs has done such an outstanding job driving in place of Kurt Busch in the 45 and. You know, one by one, these other guys are locked in at uh, the Gibbs team. Christopher Bell, I mean, David, you were mentioning him, how great he's been these last few weeks. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's a difficult situation, but that would be my prediction. I think one either either once he wins the championship or failing that when he's eliminated, I think that would probably be the time he'd make the announcement. But I wouldn't put money on it. David, when it's all said and done, who do you think Kyle Bush is going to be driving for next year? Man, it's just a it's tough decision. It's it's uh, <clears throat> you know I think I read something from David Wilson uh, uh, with the head uh, racing guy there at Toyota. He said, "Man, we don't we're doing everything we can not to be able to have to race against a pissed off Kyle Busch, you know." And uh, man, he's won the best. And again, you know it's it's uh, Toyota Toyota man. They, they it's just been a great. That nucleus of Joe Gibbs Racing, Toyota, Cal Bush, 
M&M's. M&M's. I mean, that's such a strong nucleus. That's a powerhouse championship caliper team. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's interesting uh, at that level, the, 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 the money behind it to, to have that, you know what I mean? But, you know, you got to realize it's Kyle Bush, you know what I mean? It's like, man, I, whatever, you know, the money we hear he makes, he's worth every bit of it, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, and I can assure you that every organization out there, we're not hearing about it, but everybody would want to have a Kyle Bush in their organization. I know that for a fact, you know. We know he's not going to Hendricks and, uh, you know, Toyota's fighting tooth and nail uh, when we see some of that, some of their statements to keep him in their stables, uh, I'm, I'm sure they're just doing everything they can to make sure that they don't lose Kyle Busch from being a Toyota driver. You know, you know, it's it's just interesting. I don't I don't know how it's going to end up, uh, but man, wherever Kyle Busch goes. You know, I think the smartest thing for everybody involved was to keep that nucleus, that powerhouse, uh, keep it together. But, you know, we don't we just don't know if that's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's um, you know, it, it's just hard to say. And uh, well, if it's not going to happen, then where's he going? You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody uh, is fighting to have Kyle Bush on your in, in your organization. You know, I. I, I can almost assure you, Childress is probably doing everything in his power to put Kyle Busch in the uh, in the eight car for for you know for the future. I mean, I mean, man, it, it for for RCR that I mean, it wouldn't be any. I mean, they couldn't find a better situation than that. You know, I don't I don't know if I really see that happening, but anything's possible. Anything is possible, but I, I just know that. I'm sure Toyota's fighting and doing everything they can to to keep Kyle Busch, you know, and and well, and to add to that, uh, David Wilson not only mentioned that about he doesn't want to go up against a pissed off Kyle Busch, but Brock, we also heard from uh, David Wilson say that talent isn't enough to get by. That you know, here here's Kyle Busch that we can all agree is the most accomplished racer in the sport right now. You can argue talent-wise if he's the most talented or not. I mean, you can make the case for Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, a number of guys. Talent's really good. Um, but he's definitely the most accomplished and still one of the top five drivers out there, talent-wise for sure. But, I mean, he's absolutely right about that, Brock. I mean, the way that the you know the dollars and cents-wise and, and sponsorship, I mean, it's a lot has got to come together here. Oh, you're very right. And, you know, that's, I think the tricky part is, I think when you, when you have somebody that's a talent, but it's in a field where it's so open to so many new talents. And we've, uh, you, you, you've seen, we've seen this, especially in the Xfinity series, these last few years, I think is that series is going through a renaissance of just how many drivers, not just new talent coming in, but former cup guys that are having a new lease on life, Justin Allgaier, AJ Allmendinger, these guys, um, you know, there's, only so many places to put people. And I think that's the conundrum that the Cup Series has kind of created for itself a bit with kind of this charter system that you only have 36 spots and, you know, you you, you can have open teams, but then that's not really a profitable venture. We've seen so few of them this year. I think the problem is, is that we've now created, we, we've, we're now finding the limitations of this system 
that there's only so many places to put people and so few quality rides from that are available because a lot of the quality rides they're going to lock these people down i always thought the kyle bush is gonna be one of those that it's like no there's no they're never gonna even talk about him being out of that seat but i think we're seeing kind of a consequence of that that we we have a glut of talent and fewer spots than ever before and um you know i'm sure kyle bush will land somewhere but uh maybe it's not going to be the same situation as maybe it would have been when bill elliott went to junior johnson or something in a different era uh, or even starting an entirely new team, if that's even on the table. Obviously, he's got his truck team. What's going to happen with that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's the real question. Yeah, and, and you know, sponsorship-wise, too, I mean, does he give up salary to maybe get, you know, free promotion for his rowdy energy or something, you know? Is there a business-to-business -business side of thing and all this? You mentioned Kyle Busch Motorsports, how that factors in. There's a whole lot more than just putting a name on a contract and saying, hey, come drive my car. There's a lot of factors involved with Kyle Busch that you don't talk about that necessarily other drivers that would be going through free agency right now. Dominic, uh, let's get to our uh, playoff picks. We teased it at the beginning of the show. So uh, we'll let you start. Who is going to be the NASCAR Cup champion when it's all said and done at Phoenix uh, there at the last week of the season? I never learn. I, I went with the back-to-back -back prediction last year on this show, and he finished runner-up in points. But I think Kyle Larson does go back-to-back, -back, and he is our 2022 NASCAR Cup Series champion, a two-time champion of NASCAR's Premier Series. Okay. Uh, Brock, how about you? Mm, boy, you know, I, I somehow have this image in my mind of Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain's, you know, thing bubbling over in Phoenix – and they both make the final four and both of them taking each other out. And somebody just kind of slips through and pulls off the win. When I think of a scenario like that, I know I mentioned Larson earlier, uh, but I think somebody like maybe a Joey Logano that just kind of just, just kind of slips through and pulls it off. So um, I, although I've said uh, Larson earlier, I'm kind of thinking that scenario, maybe Logano. Okay. Uh, this guy, I, I can't believe he hasn't won a championship yet. He's won Daytona three times. He's got that dog in him now, too. I think we're starting to see when push comes to shove, if he needs to win, he can win. And they've raced well all year long. Denny Hamlin finally gets it done and gets that first career championship. I think that happens. You're David, going with the most dangerous 23rd place team, Tyler? Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm going with, with Denny. Uh, David, uh, you've been picking Kevin Harvick a lot this year. Is he the champion? Well, I, I kind of agree with you, Tyler. You know, uh, you know, I think, you know, you're looking at people's ages and how long, much, how many more years they got, you know, and and how strong Denny Hamlin has been over the years. You know, he's accomplished pretty much everything, but that championship. You know, I don't think, I don't think uh, the that passion or that desire to win that championship burns hotter than anybody, but Denny Hamlin and and maybe a Kevin Harvick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, Kevin, you know, I don't know how many more years Kevin has, and he's got another opportunity to get him another championship, you know. So, uh, man, you know, uh, I kind of agree with you, Dominic, and, and, and Brock, but uh, but I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick because I, I feel like, uh, you know, they're peaking, they're getting there, and, uh, you know, their latest uh, two, two victories in a row uh, – uh, I'm gonna go with Kevin Harvick, you know, but uh, but man, there's so many. I mean, it's hard to pick a winner. I mean, it's just so hard because man, all of them. 
Kyle Bush is pissed off because what he's going through, he wants to prove a point. You know, I mean, it's hard to bet against uh, Chase Elliott, Cal Larson. I mean, it's just on and on and on. Christopher Bell, Joy. I mean, it's just – it's going to be exciting. So, it, this is hard. We're making our picks. But, man, it's uh, it's going to be exciting. But I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. Yeah. Uh, very good. So, there you have it. That's our uh, picks for this week here on uh, Let's Go Racing. Our final segment – Begins in just one moment, and it is our Ask David segment where we ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook, Twitter, and by email, facebook.com slash starpodcast, Twitter at starpodcast, email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. And this segment is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter, Kim Boards, the primary sponsor this year, and David's 08 Ford Mustang. We want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR, Cup, Xfinity, and Capping World Truck Race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit TicketSmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's TicketSmarter.com. Our uh, first question in the inbox uh, is on Twitter from Kevin, at fan of Knapford. And uh, this question is for Brock. Uh, Brock, Kevin wants to know, Whose book did you enjoy writing more, Derek Copes or J.D. McDuffie? Ooh, that is a tough question. Good question. <laughs> there. Uh, you know, it's – boy, I hate to straddle the fence on it, but I'm tempted to because in both cases I've learned so much more about them and my, my perception of two drivers I already admired beforehand and then learning that much more afterwards to, um, uh, to, to, to respect them even more. If I had to pick one, it would probably be JD because it was almost like um, it was almost like a mystery. Like it was almost like discovering like 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 something that had just been had been lost for a long time, and then finding it again, and then trying to make that story come alive. Where you know, I mean, I'm very thankful that Derek Copes, you know, is still with us, and we can still talk to him and get the stories there. Uh, but I think probably in the terms of the process of putting it together. That would probably be it, that in the J.D. book that, I mean, it, well, really, in a lot of cases, just stuff that there are pictures in that book, like you saw, David, that just were never published until they were in there. And I was checking with them. It was like, are you cool with these being in there? It's like, yeah, I'm like, OK, well, you know, we'll do that. Um, and yeah, so that would that would probably be my pick, that the J.D. book. Yeah, that's very cool. Dom, you almost done with this Jeff Dine book already? Goodness. <laughs> I know. I need to say, I need that. And, and that's the thing, too. I've learned over the years, not just with this project, but if you're so watching. You know. No, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Short answer, no. But the more people you tell that you're doing something, the more they can hold you accountable, like you're doing to me right now. And Brock knows I've been working on this project. I've picked his brain on ours a couple of times. And and, and he asked Jeff, he asked me, like, how close you are to being done. I think we're we're in that ninety some percent threshold. I really do. There's just a couple of things we still need to iron out before we start looking at the publishers that are interested. But we're very very close. I, I can tell you, we are super close. And and I think for me, one of those internal goals is making sure this is done before my, my son's here. <laughs> yes, uh, that'd be great. When are we going to get a David Star book? Well, when, when I'm not racing no more. <laughs> you know. So yeah. So. Uh, one of these years, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe now I'm a guy I, I can write that. Doc and you know, 
Brock and yourself and, and, and Dominic, I got enough people to help me put one together and yeah. write one. You know what I mean? So, and, and I won't take seven years to help you with this one. I kind of know what we're doing now. So we, we'll we ain't worried about writing no book right now. We still got a lot of racing to do. So we will focus <laughs> on our racing. We'll get on to a book you later. plenty of material <laughs> just from this podcast here uh, over the years. Uh, next uh, question uh, in the inbox. Uh, this one comes from – Meredith, and it's for David. Uh, Meredith wants to know, David, have you ever considered running for office? Uh, uh, never. Uh, you know, never. <laughs> never considered it. You know, I uh, don't know anything about it. You know, way we all have our uh, our views, and uh, I kind of keep mine to myself. But uh, running for any kind of office, I'm not interested in it. You know, I'm a race car driver, and now I got a racing school, and uh, uh, wouldn't have any interest running on any for any kind of office, but, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> well, well, David, I got to bring this up and I'm going to put you on the spot, Tyler. So on Twitter earlier this week, Tyler shared that he had somebody, a close associate, and actually I believe a friend of the show reach out about potentially running for office at some point. I'm curious. What I saw happened that. With that? I, saw, I saw and, that. I heard that. Jones 2024. What's this all about? Yeah, uh, I get reached out to uh, by a uh, friend of ours that works with a firm asking if I was interested in running for office in Texas. Uh, I haven't been here that long, so I don't even know how I'd even be eligible, but never say never. You know, I mean, crazier things have happened before. Uh, I've always loved, you know, serving people, and uh, I love this country, but I, Dominic, to be honest with you, I enjoy what I'm doing right now too much to – uh, I'm not ready to to put that life aside just yet. Something would uh, there would have to be some type of itch, some type of calling, really, to to push me that direction. You would think, uh, Dom. You think he'd do it because the Summer of Jones tour has been canceled, and That's he needs right. something else to do. Yeah, you know what I mean? He needs another tour to go on. Absolutely. The <laughs> Summer of Jones. That would be my campaign. Is that every day with me is, is the Summer of Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> You just alienated a bunch of viewers. What if somebody likes winter or the fall or the spring? I mean, you just everybody likes summer. It's best time of year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How about you, Brock? Would you ever run for office, or is that something you've ever considered? Oh my goodness! Well, the last place guy running for office. I think we know how that would turn out. <laughs> <laughs> oh heck, man! Hey, you know Dominic. Uh, he's already you know working with all those those kids. Uh, you know that's. That's painful enough. I can't imagine Washington being much worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird. I mean, I came back to my hometown a few years ago before I worked at the the schools. I had people in town saying, you should run for mayor. You should run for mayor. You'd win. I'm like, I know. I, I, I know I wouldn't win. And I don't even know if that's a job that I would really want because that's a lot of responsibility. And, and David, as a race car driver, you're under a microscope. People are wanting to know and hinge on every word you say. And, and I think when you look at that from a political lens, there's even more people that are wanting to know and, and every little thing you say and your family gets put in the spotlight. I don't think that's something I'd ever want to put any of my family through. And, and I feel like I can make more of a difference with people and groups, not in politics. And, and, and knowing me, I, I know if God forbid, right. I was elected to something or something happened, I would do something wrong. And then, you know, it wouldn't be good. Like where, Hey, you know, use your position of power to get this, this, and that. I don't want to deal with any of that. I'd rather right. just live my private life. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I have a perfect record when it comes to elections. I was my freshman class president in high school. Uh, didn't run for re-election after that. Hey, the I, men and women that that are that run our countries and our states and our cities, 
man, more power to them. Thank God for them. They're, they're passionate. Uh, you know, they grew up wanting to do that kind of stuff. You know, we, you know, there's plenty of people before all of us, you know I mean? We're racing people and we have a lot of other interests, you know, obviously we vote and, uh, you know, we support, uh, the, the, the men and women in office and, uh, but man, for, uh, for, for myself, I'm speaking about myself, man. I, uh, I liked Tyler said earlier, man, I, I love my city. I, I love Texas. I love, I mean, I love our country, but you know, I just wasn't, I mean, it wasn't built and made for that kind of stuff. You, you know imagine I mean? him at school board meetings. <laughs> I mean, you know, we did, you know, it's pretty black and white with me. And I, and I don't know if that works in politics. We, we you know need to I mean? get, let's start small. Let's get David on school board. He's <laughs> dark for school board. I think yeah, that's a good yeah, behind yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let, let, let those teachers have it. People like Dominic, you know, get, get an earful from people like David. Well, well, and David, you can have a perfect slogan here. You can say something like first on the racetrack and first in our kids' education, first in our best. <laughs> yeah. Something like you could already, you could pay the show. Yeah. I'll say that we'll end on this on this topic. Who in NASCAR in the racing world you think would be good in politics? For me, two names come to mind. One is Jeff Burton, the mayor, um, and then two, Carl Edwards talked about for a long time. He's still been linked to possibly running for Senate and uh, hasn't ruled that out down the line. Those are two names I think of, Dom, uh, right away. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if we're talking at some point down the road of somebody in the NASCAR community holding, you know, public office somewhere. Well, I believe Richard Petty ran for office. I don't know if it was Secretary of State in North Carolina or he might have even run for the Senate, but he did run for political office of a NASCAR driver trying to merge politics together. Has and been they, tried they before. That you can't be a king here. You know, we're, we're not a monarchy. There you, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. But the name that comes to mind of current people, I think he's just very diplomatic with his words and his choices. And you can tell he's very methodical and strategic in how he sets things up is Brad Keselowski. If there's somebody that's current in the sport, I think Keselowski could be your guy that would maybe run for office down the road. Business owner, owner, driver. I mean, he's got his machinery company. I just feel like that is somebody I could see maybe giving that or flirting with the opportunity to run. How about you, Brock? Boy, I've been chewing on it the whole time here, and I still don't have a really good answer. Somehow, the only image I have in mind is Matt Kenseth throwing a debate. So I, <laughs> I just think somehow I think that would just be a hoot. So I'm like, I don't know. I maybe, yeah, maybe I'll Nothing go with would phase Kenseth. He yeah. would be very yeah. witty with what he has to say too. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I think anybody tries to throw something at him, it's let's just let the people run for that. that Love that kind of stuff. Continue to do what they do. You know right. what I mean? So we'll hey, stick to racing. Yeah, absolutely. We'll stick to racing. <laughs> yeah. On that note, uh, we will run and I get out of here. Brock, uh, appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, what are you up to these uh, next few days? Uh, we're, we're with the uh, leading out to this event there, uh, honoring JD and everything. And and uh, where can people get more information on that? Go ahead and plug that one more time before we go. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, just getting ready. I mean, I, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it out to Sanford uh, this week here, but uh, I am uh, I, I'm expecting some more copies of the book coming to the mail, may do like some kind of unofficial book signing or something to kind of tie in with it. But uh, yes, for the full details on that, uh, check out the J.D. McDuffie Racing Legend, uh, NASCAR Racing Legend uh, group on Facebook. Uh, they're also on Twitter. I believe it's uh, at J.D. McDuffie 70 uh, on Twitter. And uh, they'll have more details on that. And again, that's going to be this coming Monday, September 5th, 
from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. at 329 Carthage Street in Sanford, North Carolina. Uh, that's up in the uh, Raleigh, North Carolina area there. Uh, again, it's going to be a car show. Going to be other former crew members there, understand, that are uh, turning out. Uh, and, uh, yeah, come come on down. And if you, especially if you're there for the Southern 500 weekend, it's uh, my brother and I commuted from uh, Sanford to Darlington back then, and it's not that bad of a drive. So uh, highly recommend it for anybody that's interested. That's great. David, uh, you're off to uh, Darlington this weekend, uh, laboring on Labor Day weekend. Man, I love it. Can't wait. Going to be uh, excited to get back and drive my Ticket Smarter Ford Mustang, man, looking to race the lady in black, see if we can't get us a great finish. And uh, it's going to be an exciting weekend of racing. I'm excited to get there and uh, be flying out Thursday evening and headed to Darlington. But uh, I'll be busy up until with the Team Texas Driving School, and uh, it's going to be a great weekend of racing again. How about you, Dominic? What's going on this weekend, buddy? Man, I'll stay – well, actually, not staying in New Mexico. We're going to be traveling. We're going to get some family and friend time in Arizona, get to see a friend of the show, John Haverlin. My grandparents' best friends live out in Phoenix. We get to visit with them. And then – John was busy the, doing a one-on-one with Jeff Gordon today. I, I yeah. saw that. Yeah, that is so cool. Haverlin doing some big moves there. And, guys, I'm really happy. I get to knock off a really cool bucket list item this weekend. There's a golf course in Kingman, Arizona, right along Interstate 40 that I've been wanting to play since I was – probably eight years old. So I get to play that with my fiance this upcoming weekend. And then of course we watching the national. Under 100, please. Say it again. Keep it under a hundred, your score. And that's <laughs> just on nine holes. I'm hoping I can do that with nine holes. We'll oh. report back next week, but we'll have Kyle Stevens out at the racetrack for us. He's been doing that race at Darlington for us for several years. Always does great with photography. Jonathan Field and I will cover remotely and yeah, it's going to be a great weekend and Tyler Labor Day weekend, but you're working yourself, aren't you? Uh, yes. Uh, mom and dad are uh, coming to Dallas for the very first time since I moved down here. So uh, I will be uh, hosting the uh, the fan bam this uh, weekend uh, in uh, my loft outside downtown Dallas. So I look forward to having them and I will have a good time and college football starting this weekend. So certainly excited about that and the NFL season uh, starting next week. So it's about to go up a couple notches in, uh, in my work, but uh, nonetheless, a lot of fun for sure. We got to put a check and flag out on this episode. Big thanks to Brock Beard for joining us. You, the listener, for stopping by as well. As always, subscribe to the show. New episodes out each and every Wednesday. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. Hit that like button and leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. You can also... Find us on social media, Twitter at Star Podcast, Facebook.com slash Star Podcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. For David Starr, Dominic Carragon, I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing. See you next week.